Hello. <laughs> hang on a second. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Hang on a minute. Oh, God. My audio situation. <laughs> you have an audio situation? I don't think I understand computers anymore. Than that. Oh, that's all right. We can edit all this out. Hi, John. I can find my place just fine. Oh, shit. You didn't actually listen to it, did you? No, I was just guessing that those were the lyrics and that was the... Oh, uh, God. I wish I had a selective way to make sure there's certain things that you never see that I've done. I just wanted, I just wanted you to, I just wanted you to see my effort. That's all I cared about. <laughs> I know, no, oh, it's no, hard. It's hard. I made a multi-track song, <laughs> many, many singings. <laughs> I'm not a professional, John. I'm not a professional anything. It was great. Don't say that. No, I really liked it. <sighs> no, you didn't. Yes, I did. You're, I was singing it. I can hear it. I can hear it in your voice. I can you hear can't it. hear anything in my voice. You think you know? You think you know me? <laughs> you think he's a crazy man? <laughs> you think you know you, what no, I say with my voice? Your standards are very, very exacting. And there's like, I, I wish I could selectively like. I think. I, can I just say I like to think that I could make a dick or poop or <laughs> Hitler related joke that you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope we're close mm-hmm. enough that you would tell me if I was not entertaining you with that. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want you to ever hear anything I've ever recorded regarding <laughs> music. It's hard. The thing is, the thing is that uh, that the, the the first thing to mature as a uh, when we are young artists is our critical sense. Long before we are good at making a thing, we are good at knowing the difference between a good thing and a bad thing. Hmm. Right. So. That's the. That's what I think. I, I think I have failed that test on every level because I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> Most people, what thwarts them as as artists or as creators is that is that they they hone their ability to say like that's a great song, that's a terrible song, before they've ever made a song, and then so they have that they have that that faculty, and then they make their first song, and they know that it's not good because they're already critics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? This, that's, right? that's a different podcast I do, but you're absolutely right, and it keeps people from doing stuff. Yeah, you start, you, you develop your appreciation, and then and then you hate your own work, mm-hmm. because you're a new artist, you don't know what you're doing yet, and then people stop, they stop making stuff a long time before they have failed enough times to make something good. So I, I love the fact that you continue to fail to make something good, Merlin. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I just, like I say, I just, I really like to be rewarded for the effort. No, thank you. Seriously. Well, no, let me, let me respond. I'll just say that my, my, I have a method for that, that I have employed since about 1987, which is that I have really low standards and I'm very pleased with myself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I have a sense of things that I like and I don't like, and I know when somebody's trying to sound like the buzzcocks, but don't realize they're trying to sound like the buzzcocks, like I'm, I'm pretty good at that. But um, I, I, I essentially masturbate for a living and I, I'm very grateful in the sense that I get to um, mostly make things that hopefully turn out the way I liked. Is your company accepting applications? Well, it depends. Can you tell me a little bit about, uh, tell me a little bit about your background? Uh, I've been masturbating for, boy, almost 30 years. 30 years. How many, how much of that have you done professionally? Uh, well, depending, I would say probably I've been doing, I've been professionally masturbating for 15 years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So 15 years as an amateur, 
And then there was that pro-am period. Mm, they call it prosumer masturbation. Prosumer. And mm-hmm. then, and then I, you know, I think I've been, I've been, at, I've been working at a pretty high level. I've been masturbating at a pretty high level for, for the last 10 years. Well, uh, this is terrific. I've just been quickly looking over your resume and it seems like there's been a real, uh, there was a hockey stick curve, if you like. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's part of my technique. <laughs> The hockey stick curve. Oh, they call it the hat trick. <laughs> you ever done the hat trick? That's our under urban dictionary. Well, I got to tell you, I think there's, I think there's a lot of things that we can talk about here. It looks like, uh, I don't know. It seems like a lot of your masturbation isn't as public as it used to be. Mm. Boy, that's the truth. Are you storing up? <laughs> you saving I'm, it, for, saving it for somebody special? <laughs> I'm, I'm storing up, and when I start back again, it's gonna, it's gonna be like that Sherwin Williams logo. <laughs> You're gonna cover the world. Cover the world. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta show you some stuff on the internet. Oceans of spooge. I don't. I, I am really curious about how much internet cum is real, because a lot of it oh. seems like it really seems kind of like stagecraft. A lot of it. You know, when I my first introduction to porn mm-hmm. was. Uh, well, 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 I don't know. You're talking about porn. <laughs> <laughs> Masturbation's one thing, but porn. You're talking about you're talking about cum on the internet. Yeah. Are, are, were you just going to bucketsofcum.com? dot <laughs> com? That's with two Ks for bukkakaki cuck. It's not <laughs> bukkaki bucket. Is that not a thing? connected to porn at all? It's just shots available. of warehouses of fifty gallon drums. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very rarefied vertical space, if you know what I mean. Okay, like Bukaki. That, that scene at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> wheeling a cart through the yeah, warehouse. like Citizen Kane. It's just it's just just <laughs> cartons and cartons and cartons of manjis. So Bukaki, I always spell Bukaki wrong, and then I'm going to go with Bucket with B U K K I T dot com. Bukaki. Bukaki Bucket with two Ks. Huh? Oh, brother. I didn't even know what Blumpy was, and now we're talking Bl- about Bukaki. Bukak- yeah, Bukaki Bucket. I, you know, I'm not going to buy it because I'm actually shedding. But any of our listeners, if I could say, I don't want to give you guys business advice. Although, you know, I think it's something John and I could help you with. Bukaki Bucket with four, Bukaki K- bucket. With four Ks. Excuse me, five <laughs> Ks is available. <laughs> Last night we were talking about <coughs> why is there no, why have I never seen a bass guitar shaped like a giant bone? Seems like a natural thing that somebody would have done years ago. A giant, you're playing a bone, the bone bass. But we went online last night at this, uh, we were having a little party and we were like, what the bone bass? Come on. And I, we couldn't find one anywhere on the internet. Are you thinking of like a traditional, like a cartoon bone that a dog would chew on? Yeah, like a bone, like if, if, uh, if Bam Bam from the Flintstones was playing bass in a 60s cartoon Archie's style band. I think that band. would be Mike, uh, Mike Anthony, I think. Right. Why doesn't Mike Anthony have a giant bass that looks like a cartoon? He's bone? got the money. You know, he could go to what they call a, a luthier. Or Les Claypool. Why doesn't Les Claypool have a giant bass? Bugga da bump, bugga da bugga da bump, bugga da bugga da bump, bugga da bugga da bump. It's the same song, bugga da bugga da bump. That's when he. That's when he hires the the homeless guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the bridge. Um, well, oh, so anyway, my introduction, to my first introduction to porn. In answer I want to come to back your, to the bone, though. I got a couple questions about that. But you're okay, sorry, you're, massive, you're, someone introduced you to porn. Please continue. Massive over o- overcome <laughs> is the German phrase. Ubercome. Oh God! 
<laughs> um, I, I, I want to start every aspect of this over. <laughs> this is I, uh, there's no way this is going to turn out well. Watching, my Skype my my Skype was broken. I got a 31 track song you don't like, and now we're talking about bones, boners, and jizz bones. <laughs> jizz bones, jizz bones, jizz dry bones. My I God, it. jizz bones! What a great band name. Let's see. Hang on. Let me check. Jizz bones. J i z z b o n e z dot com. Yes. <laughs> jizz bones boom that's the second one bukaki bucket and jizz bones <laughs> people are gonna gobble these up i mean like a japanese lady well and we'll get our we'll get our uh venture capital five percent right think, you think i want to let you talk about porn i want to let you continue but do you think that we could possibly this is a vertical space that we could have some kind of a penetration with we could get somewhere somewhere deep inside <laughs> of the porn Keep sites porn going. sites with lots of z's and k's uh-huh and that could be that could be the thing. After all the things we've done in our lives, that could be the thing. That, okay, that, and we'll start an ISP called uh, called. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. So, so jizz bucket jizz. You know jizz what? Bones. You know what? The thing is, I think it writes itself. And we, we could be angel investors. We could be. Uh, we could be That's early comers. We get in well, there early. <laughs> You'll be one of those guys, like in the early days of the internet, where you're just right. stealing all the. You're just you're just sitting on all these great names. And then when when the culture turns our way, mm-hmm. when the culture finally people catches accept up with the us, prominence of bones that we're yeah, clearly putting out there. When it, when the when the culture arrives, as it will one day, when the the ship of culture docks at the dock of <laughs> of jizz bucket, the, the jizz, the great and roiling jizz filled seas, yeah, and all of the all of the, the the nerds and freaks are like jizz buckets, jizz buckets. And we're sitting there on top of all these like J I Z Z B U K K U T T E S. I have so much I have to do today, and yet I'm going to probably spend the rest of my day. I'm going to make a 29th version of that song, or I'm going to spend the rest of my day finding combinations of Z's and K's that involve coming and, and boners. Now, now, John, um, because of that, I want to let you continue. But when yeah. I when I when I just now uh, I. I, I doesn't really matter exactly why, but I have a setup on my computer here where when uh, a website doesn't come up, it takes me to this alternate thing that says, hey, you, this, this you know, didn't show up. I don't just get an error. For what it's worth, just for what it's worth, I don't know if this is something we – obviously, we want to do angel investments. We want to get in early, get out early, really, really withdraw from the entire process as early as possible to, yes. to, to earn back you know, what right. we have coming. And so uh, just for what it's worth, when I went to <laughs> – <laughs> when I went to, oh my mm-hmm. God, I so want to buy this J I Z Z B O N E Z Jizz Bones. Jizz Bones. <laughs> okay, but, but when I I didn't get an error, you know what it says? Did you mean Jazz Bones? Because oh. apparently in Tacoma, which I think is near where you are, there is a place called Jazz Bones, and I'm just saying, you get a bucket of that fucking Sherman Williams cum paint, and you change an A to an I, and you got Jizz Bones right in Tacoma. Tacoma Jizz Bones. Letterman takes an I off of his letter sweater, and he changes Jazz Bones to Jizz Bones. There was a place, I was telling my daughter about this, because we're learning about letters and reading, um, that uh, I've always been fascinated by places that used to be something else. Actually, I, I, I couldn't put my hand to it now, but there used to be a website it was all just photographs of things that used to be different things. Mm-hmm. Like all cur- those Thai food restaurants that are in old A&W root beer drive <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You could tell what used to be popular by what kind of Asian restaurant or dentist is in it now. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, oh, it's a Pizza Hut or a urology clinic. We're not there's sure. A, there's an International House of Pancakes, which is a pretty 
distinctive, it's a pretty distinctive architectural style. Yeah. Blue roofed, like Bavarian <laughs> shack. And uh, it's it's totally like House of Ta- House of Hong. Like, That's not. There was this chain of of not very good restaurants, you know, like diner style restaurants. You know, you know, like there's that kind of a in the seventies and eighties. There was those places that weren't really like a Denny's, right? It wasn't really a diner. You know what I mean? It, they were trying to do a family style restaurant. It was called the Clock Restaurant, and their hook was that every sign. Now, hang on for this. Every sign had a clock, a literal working clock on it, which is kind of cool. It was called the clock restaurant. The clock. Yeah, yeah. Down the street from my house, one of them went out of business, like most of them. And, and some jackals went in there and took the place over. They didn't feel like putting a lot of dough into, into right. creating new right. brand equity. So they right. went out there with some black paint and changed it to the old look. <laughs> with, a, with an apostrophe. <laughs> like it's, look. Exactly. It's like, a, as you do, it's, a, it's an Irish cuisine, I imagine. They took, they took the C out. The cool. old look. The old lock. There wasn't, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't an exclamation point or anything. It was just, oh, look. Well, you know, there's this restaurant down here by Boeing Field that we, that we go to all the time. That's, uh, it's right next to the, the Boeing Black Ops area where they, where the engineers are making. <laughs> How do you know? Airborne space lasers. That's not a very good Black Ops if you know there's a restaurant next to it. Oh, I, I, you know, oh, sorry, I know sorry, things. sorry. We'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. I, okay. I know things. Okay, sure. Uh, you know jazz and, bones. Uh, from where I live, you know, I can look down into their black ops area and I see them <laughs> killing squirrels or whatever they do to make to to fight the Soviets. But so this restaurant's next door and it's and it's one of those places and I think it used to be a Sambo's. Oh yes. <laughs> and then many many years ago, a guy named Randy uh, must have bought it. It still has the the orange naga hide seats and 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 the ceiling is covered with little uh with model airplanes of different sizes but at a certain point the randy's sign he so he changed the sign to say randy's but then there must have been a a a hard wind or something and the uh the top of the d fell off so now it says renee's renee's that's kind of weird it's great so that's that. No, I always had in my head. I always thought Sambo's and Denny's were exactly the same restaurant, except one of them. One of them uh, had a racial slur. Oh, and I, had had a, had a little like uh, coolie boy riding an elephant. That was the well. Yes, you know, Denny, Denny is a, is a, a denigrating term for lions. You shouldn't say that. I don't know what that Sambo fucking shit means, but but you shouldn't um, say Denny. No, you, you shouldn't should... say Denny. Denny is very disparaging to uh, oh. to, to lions. It's really yeah. it's it's not uh, no, it's not family friendly for lions. They live in dens. So oh. I um, <laughs> I had to help you on that one that's, a little that's bit. Ping pong, you jizz did, you had bones. To, you had to walk me through it. Bukaki bucket and jizz bones. So I'm watching porn. Porn. I'm 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 in fifth grade, sixth grade. I don't even know what porn is. I haven't. You know, the I, only... you, you came to this early. The only boners I had ever had were like incidental boners because of uh, of corduroy. <laughs> the wh- <laughs> what the whistling? Yeah, the, just the. <laughs> but uh, but so in Anchorage before there was cable TV, there was something called Visions, which was a you had an antenna on your roof that was shaped like a giant candy corn, and you were and everybody in town that had Visions pointed their candy corn uh, antenna. At this central location where they would broadcast one channel. Visions was just one extra channel. But it had movies and stuff. And you could kind of drive through Anchorage and see. It was like a, it was a, it was a shorthand like class indicator. Who had a Visions antenna on the top of their house? You uh-huh. knew they had a little bit of money to spend on, more, on extra TV. 
And uh, Which are, you know, and again, we have to just state for the kids that having cable in like the seventies was a, a if if you got it, it was a big deal and it was expensive. If you had yeah. HBO and Showtime, like that was a really big deal. Yeah, it was like having a BMW parked in front of your house. Mm-hmm. It was a and this was back when when class and status, I think, were more like everything in America, right? There, when we were in high school, there were only four kinds of kids. There were the rockers, there were the preps, there were the jocks, and there were the losers or whatever, you know? <laughs> and now there are 450 different kinds of kids. There, there, so you could have 74 different permutations of rockers. I don't even know how you would be in high school now because you'd be like, oh, I'm Swedish death metal. Oh, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. Belgian death metal. And it's like, we don't talk. But when we were kids, right, there's only four different kinds of things, and there were only four different ways that you could show you were rich. And one of those ways was that you had, that you had a Visions antenna on your house. Anyway, we did not have Visions. But at one point, I was clicking through the channels on my dad's old TV, which had a... This is going to be very hard for young people to visualize. <laughs> but it had a knob that you turned the channels, right? It was... Pre pre digital TV. Go, uh, two through uh, through through twelve or thirteen. Two, I two through thirteen, two and then there 13. was UHF, right? Mm-hmm. And you click through click click click. And UHF was like like tuning an AM radio. You had to like get it right. Well, and that's exactly what happened here. So I was clicking through the channels one time, and I got in between two channels, and all of a sudden on the screen came this ghostly, uh, like shadowy image of another channel and you know so we had channels we had channel four seven eleven and thirteen were the oh and nine i'm sorry no no yeah well whatever there were four channels Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden there's this fifth channel this mystery channel and i realized very soon that if i turn the turn the knob in between these two channels i was getting visions from some neighbor (laughs) some wires had crossed or somebody had put too much foil on their windows and it was broadcasting visions into my TV. If I sat and monkeyed with the, it wasn't scrambled. It was just, just, um, this was pre scrambling. Oh God. They, they, they came up with scrambling like a year and a half later, but this is, they were just broadcasting it. And obviously they came up with scrambling because people were hijacking the signal this way. So then because I had heard from kids at school that they had dirty movies on visions late at night, I stayed up late to watch my first porno. And I could hear my dad when he snored, you could hear him four blocks away. So I knew that I was safe. You know, he was sleeping. I could hear him snoring in the other room. And I snuck down and I turned the TV on. And here was this porno movie. And I had never seen any of these things before. I had never seen a penis. I had never seen boobs. I had never seen the, any of this. And these people start having sex and they get to the end. And this is one of these 70s porno movies that was probably shot on 75 millimeter film. (laughs) And it had a plot about a princess who was fighting like some ogres. And then then there was a pizza delivery guy. And then there was and then it was Corvette Summer starring Mark Hamill. (laughs) There was all these things, right? There's all this plot. But the but the, the big climactic scene, literally... The woman starts having an orgasm and they must have rigged up some sort of like landscaping hose, some plastic tube uh, that you would use to water your ferns or something. Hooked it up somehow in a way that my knowledge of anatomy didn't enable me to like fully grasp. And she started to have an orgasm and this foaming 
like shaving cream lotion started like fountaining out of her. And it was, I, it must've had something to do with the plot of their movie. She was a space princess or something. And she had this foamy orgasm, but to my fifth grade eye, it was the most horrifying thing I had ever seen because clearly if you had sex with a girl, you needed a hazmat team to come in afterwards (laughs) She was like buried up to her ears in this stuff. And uh, it traumatized me for, for years afterwards. In fact, ever since then, every time I have sex with a girl, there's a part of me that thinks, mm-hmm. is she going to, is she one of these girls that's going to have the... the was it like a hot something? lather machine? It was, it was some, they, they, they rigged up something. It was like a Rolling Stones video. Oh, like when they're in the tent? Yeah, there were guys in sailor, in sailor suits, suits. And all of a sudden, it was like a foam party. It uh-huh. was like Ibiza. Uh, and so, and again, it was coming through kind of like grainy. So I'm not sure what I was seeing, frankly. But in my, my mind's uh, eye. That's, was, okay, so first of all, my first thought on that is that they knew exactly what they were doing. And they were sending some kind of a black ops false porn signal. To keep you to keep you off of it, like maybe they were going to do something, like maybe another night, like a, like a hot dog fell out, or something, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she came paper clips, like uh-huh. something. Maybe I'm saying saying maybe they deliberately sent you. I'm, there's probably a term for this in your industry, and we'll, we'll cut this out if it's a problem. But they probably were sending some kind of a canary trap, kind of like fake signal that they knew would scar an entire generation if they were stealing uh, UHF TV. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, the whole, like, you know, I don't want to get too far into the, into the lady parts and the, and the liquids, but uh, it's just, it's very disturbing to me. But I, 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 I think, I think a lot of the people, I thought this about sandwiches, that sometimes I think the people who make sandwiches have never eaten a sandwich, right? I think, I think sometimes that the people who- I thought run, you were going to say that, 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 that lady parts resemble a sandwich. Oh, you ever have a sandwich that tastes like a nine volt battery? Because mm. it's like full of blood? You never heard that comparison? No, I guess not. Some people say lady, lady, uh, her downstairs basement tastes like a nine volt battery. That's what some people say. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, no, you're, you're, I was, you're I was just talking saying on the that terminals. Lady parts kind of look like a look like uh, a roast beef sandwich on its side. I, you know, I always thought that too, like a roast beef taco. I, I used to think that. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> my only thought on this is, is people who make. Okay, so and I used to get this a lot of times. You go to like a grocery store. You're hungry, and you get a sandwich, and they make a sandwich that is nothing like any food that I ever had in my life. There was no intention at ever being eaten. Like they would never make themselves this fucking holocaust of a sandwich, and then, oh, and right. then eat it, right? Like, yeah. People, for example, you think like, okay, the people who work at a bank and have lots of money, like they, you could tell that they probably never use their own website because it's so unusable, and you would never in a million years want to even trust that organization. I think a lot of the people who like make pornography do not even masturbate. I think they have some kind of an artistic vision. That, that, that did I say artistic? Because that's probably what I should have said—an artistic vision. Because because what the fuck? Why do I need foam coming out now? Which is an African American lady, a Caucasian lady? Could you tell her background? Like I say, it was kind of pixelated. She seemed green and orange. But you had a color TV. It, it could have. It was a color TV. Nice. But it could have been. Um, it could have been that she was a space princess, and green and orange was actually her. That was the makeup she was she was wearing. This is the problem. Now, today, we've got TiVos, we've got video on demand. There's so many ways. You, there's no way you could have gone back to find out why she had shaving uh, cream coming out of her uh, vagina. No, although I did recently remember, I had, a, I had a, a memory of this same era, watching a movie called The Great Texas Dynamite Chase, <laughs> the plot of which was that two girls in halter tops and short shorts, Daisy Duke shorts, 
uh, hooked up with a with a like a young cowboy and went on a cross country crime spree where they were using dynamite to blow up banks or something. I don't remember, but I saw it when I was young and it was at a time when I was a tremendous pyromaniac Mm -hmm. and all I wanted in life was to have dynamite. I thought if I had a box of dynamite, that all of my problems would be solved. I would never be bullied. Certainly certainly never want for anything again. Right. What can you not get if you have a box of dynamite? Well, it's, what? it's a little bit like today, like you feel with money. You're like, if I have money, you know what I mean? I can buy what I need and Absolutely. I won't worry anymore. And if when you I had, was a kid, yeah. I felt like if I had money, I would buy dynamite. Like dynamite was the thing at the top of the, like, yes, money, right. In order to get dynamite, I could, I could skip money and go and just have dynamite and I would, I would already be there. Is this the era where you would pick up the, uh, the things that they put on the railroad tracks to warn people. What, what are those called? The uh, uh, oh, the torpedoes. Is this around that era? Same era. I, I had uh, I had fireworks catalogs. Uh, you know, I was expelled from. I was put on emergency suspension in ninth grade Ooh. because I had uh, I was basically making pipe bombs and selling them to other kids at the school. <laughs> You were like a elementary school Tony Stark. You're you're like selling munitions and mat- yeah. materials to to yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. And I was, ordinance I, is that what that's called? Ordinance. Ordinance. Okay. I was and I had suggestions like, hey, you know, it would be great if you if you tried to flush this down the toilet, light it, and then flush it down the toilet. That would be hilarious. You know, I was like, I love the idea of you being a pipe bomb salesman. <laughs> so I had these. I was making pipe bombs, and of course, I didn't know. I well, first of all, there's no safe way to make pipe bombs, uh, and I was practicing. I knew enough not to like m- try and tamp down gunpowder with a metal spoon, but but beyond that, like I was not handling this material in a safe way, this material in a safe way, and on top of that, like I was I was not even trying to be secretive about it. I was like, get your pipe bombs, <laughs> get, line up, you know. And in high school, there are all kinds of creeps, and this is before the before Columbine, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, There's a lot uh, more creativity then. Yeah, you could, you could, there were a lot of... There's no template, there's no template. There were a lot of reasons that a ninth grader might want a pipe bomb other than, like, hurting his classmates blowing up the school, right? You would take a pipe bomb, a lot of reasons you might want it. And Sister, I knew to, a cat, a bike? Sure, just, like, you know, just throw it in the woods and watch the trees fall. Uh, so, yeah, they put me on emergency suspension. I was suspended, f- I, you know, there was a clause in the in the student handbook that said like, you know, your first suspension is three days. Your second suspension is six days and then you're expelled or something. Wow. But emergency suspension was a thing where you were, you were an immediate danger to yourself and others. And you could be put on indefinite, immediate indefinite suspension. Sounds like something Dean Wormer would do. Yeah. 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 And I, Oh man, I was in trouble. I had to meet with the police. That's serious, John. Yeah. And my mom was really, she was a good sport about it. She made me sit at a table in our kitchen for nine days (laughs) (laughs) with, with my books open in front of me. And she would, she would like come home from work and give surprise inspections. And she wanted to see, she wanted to see at the end of the day, that I had done homework assignments. She would, she would measure the stack with a ruler. You know what I mean? Like I had to do homework assignments 
commensurate with having so that, sat that, the at thing a table. is that's that's just pure you know? punishment there's nothing re- like, there's nothing to reform you there it's just that's pure punishment it's just sit at this table i do Ugh. not want you to get up i do not want i do not want to see a comic book having been read i don't want you to have a glass of water sit Ugh. at this table <laughs> you bomb making <laughs> inconvenience <grade>. like <laughs> f in class earning little ninth grade piece of shit now i want to understand you're obviously your it sounds to me like your business had been uncovered were you bringing them to school or were you taking orders and delivering them off-site no here was the problem i had a locker full of pop pipe bombs. see that's that's a rookie mistake yeah and my my uh my favorite teacher and mentor and ultimately uh he became the principal of the school this isn't Uh, kufel no this isn't kufel this This is this is don shackleford (laughs) Uh, Don Shackelford was the one who, like, basically, he caught wind of me having these pipe bombs. I might have even mentioned it to him, and he ratted me out. He ratted me out, and he stood there while they while the security guards emptied my locker and led me from the school. He stood there calling me an asshole. Like, bombs in your locker. You brought bombs to school, you asshole. And I, I, I felt really betrayed. Mm-hmm. Until you know, you thought he was on your side. I did. I was like, Don Jackalford, you're my guy. And he's yeah. like, not with the, not with, not when it comes to bombs. And then I realized, of course, he was, he, uh, he was absolutely right. When did you realize that? Like just now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you don't blame Shackleford anymore. Yeah, I'm still a little mad. It's still, it's a little bit of a betrayal, but I, I, I feel like he probably did the right thing. It was he, probably, it was probably a health and safety issue. Like allergies. Yeah. Maybe kids have some kids have allergies to like to like milk and shrimp. Maybe there was, you know, just concerns. You know what I'm saying? I think he wasn't worried that I was so dangerous as much as I was like selling these things. That's to- what my mom would say. My mom would say the reason that you can't leave the house uh, is that it's it's not you know it's not you that I'm worried about. It's the rapist in the woods that I'm worried about, or whatever, or right. driving. That's yeah. my words, not hers. But she would say, you know, driving. I'm not worried about you driving. I'm worrying about the other people, yeah. which I think I think she meant and believed. And I, I often think that same thing. That's how I feel about those these fucking people on the bikes with the stop signs. You know what I mean? It's mm. like uh, you know they're, they're they're causing tremendous chaos for people. I, I don't know why they do it. And mm. I keep thinking, you know, this is my theory on this, where I'm coming to with this. You're so, talking about bicyclists who are riding in the street like cars, <sighs> but when they come to stop signs, then suddenly they turn into magic bikes that don't have to obey laws oh absolutely well there are some there are some people once well, you know it's it's a thing i'm sure you've seen it there i know you've seen it in portland but you know it's a thing to, to just bust through stop signs when you're on a bike because i guess that's just a special thing you get to do so there are some people like skateboarders who are really good at it and they they know to at least like turn their head slightly to the left and the right to see if they're about to hit anything but there are if people you hit something on, if, if, if a car hits you when you're on a skateboard it, you really notice it I would say uh, next to maybe uh, like a raccoon or a Taco Bell wrapper, you're going to lose to almost everything when you're on a bike. No, you're, yeah, right. You're definitely going to lose to a raccoon too. You know what? You're right. They got those claws and they're very, they're very salt. You know what? I should start over. So, 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 so anyway, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. My, my, but my thought is here's the problem. I call this the two asshole theory. If there's <laughs> one asshole, we'll probably be fine, right? If one person blows through a stop sign like a fucking sociopath, endangering my and my child's life not that i'm angry that's a that's a problem because i'm looking for them right yeah, right and of course there's a lot of these folks are super entitled about this and they're like yeah, yeah. oh yeah well do you know what car well yeah well but i like i got a car and like i can't see you 
And, you know, and I'm looking out for the other assholes and then you fucking blow through a stop sign. Now, my thing is, or, you know, cars, obviously cars do this too. Anybody who blows through stop signs and stoplights, it's like people who don't stop for ambulances. Like they should just be put somewhere. You always pull over for, if, if, like a gentleman, you fucking pull your car over and you sit there. You don't get mad. You sing right. the fucking national anthem and you wait until somebody goes and gets their goddamn life saved. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a gentleman issue. It's a gentleman issue. Now, here's the thing. What if two of, here's my thing. And this is actually, I have to say literally, uh, setting aside shaving cream coming out of a lady on tv i would have to say my biggest fantasy is for like four bicyclists to do that at the same intersection at the same time and to make some kind of like keystone cops stop you know it's just it's all going to be like ironic mustaches and fixies everywhere messenger bags flying through the air do you think they have hipster ambulances maybe no i'm just thinking they come out they come out in brooklyn they have those hasidic ambulances now uh, how's that work but they're they're less expensive, or how, how does that work? No, not at all. The the so the 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 Hasidic Jewish community in in New York has very, its very own, tight, very tight, very close community. They, and they have their own ambulance service and their own like special Hasidic police. Hmm. So if you have a crime committed against you, you don't call the regular cops. <laughs> you are so making this is such a Saturday Night Live sketch. Absolutely not. Google it or 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 uh, Bing it or whatever. You I'll Bing use. it. Yahoo instead, it instead of uh, <laughs> si- instead of sirens. It just goes. Mm, mm, it goes. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah. For no, real. Okay. True. Seriously. And so, but it's a standard EMT style setup. Absolutely. Are they wearing the garb? Are the EMTs wearing the garb? Absolutely. Except on the sides of the ambulances, instead of ambulance, it says ambulance in Hebrew. Oh, see, that's that's not smart. Well, I is see. It? My question has always been: if one of those is driving down the street, not on its way to somewhere, they're just like coming back or something, yeah. and they see me have a heart attack, and they're just driving by eating a pastrami sandwich or whatever, are they going to pull over, or do I have to? Are you so talking about you, would, you be in a, would you be in a car when this happens? No, let's say I'm walking down the street and, okay. then I'm, uh, and they're stopped at a stoplight and I'm walking right in front of them and I go, oh, and I have a heart attack. Like you get hit by a hipster on a bike. Let's say I'm walking across the street in Brooklyn and f- uh, it's a four-way stop and four hipsters collide and I get hit with a crank mm. from one of their demolished bicycles. Is the Jewish ambulance going to help me or like do they have they sworn to the Hippocratic Oath? Or have they? No, sworn no, no, no. That, that's that's Greek. That's that's Greek. That's a totally different thing. That's a New Testament. Here, here's the thing. Here's what you need to understand: is mm. that there is there is a law about all of this somewhere mm. in a book. Like, it's I the know, Good Samaritan law. That's again the New Testament. But but here's here's the thing: is like first of all, I, they would want to be sure that you're not that you don't have dairy, you know, and meat. On right. you at the same time, that's one thing I think. Right. Uh, I think they, they would have they, to use a separate set of plates. They have a separate, they have a separate ambulance. If they, they'd have one ambulance for your meat and the other uh, for your dairy, I think. <laughs> right? And they have, a, they have separate stretchers for this. If I get hit, if I get hit with a crank from a de- from a demolished hipster bicycle, mm-hmm. and my dairy is separated from my meat, <laughs> I think- you should be. You should be on the visions with your dairy, want, your dairy and your meat. I don't think I want to be saved. <laughs> okay, quick concept: Hasidic, Hasidic uh, porn. Never mind. I'm just saying. I'm just saying uh, dairy and meat. You know, there is, I think, porn. There is a whole subset of porn now about, uh, uh, like, quote unquote, Arab women wearing hab- hijabs. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen also. I've seen uh, Indian ladies with the dots. Oh yeah, well that's sexy. You like the dot? What is that? An eye of God, eye of God kind of thing? 
I don't know. Uh, you know, does it mean you're uh, taken? What does it mean? Does it mean you're on? Does yeah, it mean like you're the, a pledge? What does it's it like mean? A, a, when the Amish paint the door red, uh, it means that you know they have a they have a marriageable daughter. What? I thought they weren't allowed to use red. Well, there's a whole there's a whole code of what color door what color your front door is in Amish culture that indicates to passersby whether you have whether your daughters are courtable. Your entire means of progress a- and egress is based on on who who should marry your daughter and, and what you think her value proposition is. You get a door, you change your door based on her status. I think that's true. I think yeah, maybe it's a blue door, something be, like that. That must be a big day. You know, your daughter gets to be fourteen, fifteen. You know, maybe you buy her a button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you paint the door, or you know, you go you go to uh, Amish Home Depot and get a <laughs> uh, get a new door. Huh? I think I think you keep the old door, but you paint it. Okay, but as far as like non- Sherwin Williams paint, yeah, that's right. They cover the world. No, they, they, I'm sure they make their own paint out of pigments that they grow themselves. You don't think that's prideful at all? Uh, I thought that was. I thought that was a conceit of the English. Uh, color? Yeah, I thought they weren't allowed oh. to have color in buttons. Well, they can. They they wear blue and and lavender. Did I ever tell you about the time I was on a train up in northern North Dakota, <laughs> and uh, every time the train stopped. This was an Amtrak train, not a freight train. Every time the train stopped, all these Mennonites would get on, and they were all wearing, like, lavender and peach. Not peach. What what am I trying to say? Lavender and, like, these shades of kind of green and blue that were were so beautiful. Easter egg kind of pastels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they'd they'd all get on the train in one little tiny North Dakota town and they would ride it two stops to some other little tiny North Dakota town. Then they'd all get off the train and some different Mennonites would get on. And, and I realized that Amtrak is running this like Mennonite taxi service across the Northern plains. Uh, that's the only way they get between these, the, their different villages. And I'm sure they're putting their marriageable daughters on these trains and sending them two villages up. Did you ever figure out, was it like a hanky code? Would you ever figure out what the colors meant? No, but it's the same. I think it is a hanky code. You're, I think that's what it is. And lavender probably means something. So you wear oh. like the standard garb. It's just that it's in what would normally in like uh, Pennsylvania might be considered kind of a garish. Yeah. But, it's, it, but it says like, I'm a taker, or I'm a giver or whatever. Right. They but have, the, they have the those for, for stuff like urine too. They've got a whole, the hanky code is very complicated. I read about it once and it was, I had to, I had to put it away. It was just too yeah, much. Yeah. I, I want to be peed on. I want to, and know. if you put it in the wrong pocket, that gets everything wrong. Cause then you, 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 uh, you send the wrong message. You see what you're really saying is you might be saying that you want to be, uh, you want to be the rider and not the lady horse. And if you put that in the right, in the wrong pocket, you end up, there, you know, there actually was a while in the nineties when I would walk around Capitol Hill, Seattle's gay neighborhood mm-hmm. with uh, uh, with an assortment of hankies in my back pocket just to scramble the airwaves. That's I awful. A, I'd put a green hanky in my back right pocket, not knowing what I meant. You didn't even not, research it at all. Not knowing what it symbolized, just knowing that it meant something. And then I would walk down, I'd, I'd walk around Capitol Hill. I think it means you're into mucus. Sending this, sending this message. And, you know, I don't, I was just, I was just, it was just part of like, culture jamming yeah yeah well yeah. you must have, did, did people ever talk to you about it because i think when you do the hanky thing there's a couple messages one the second message is that you know i, I like blood pit play or poop or lady horses but mm-hmm. i think the, the first message is it's okay for you to come talk to me about this 
right? It's like, you know, it's like in San Francisco, there's people walking around with two large dogs and they're all mad when you ask about them, right? Yeah. Which is right. fucking ridiculous. And right. I have two huge Afghans, but please don't stop right. and talk to me about it. That's yeah. right. Well, but the thing is, the thing yes, about me yes, walking... Yes, I have five cormorants. <laughs> the they're flightless. walking around Capitol Hill with a handkerchief in my back pocket is I didn't ever stop. I didn't slow down. But don't, don't you just, think people had just, questions? Don't you think they wanted to I'm maybe sure buy did, a coffee? But I was, I was like... I was like a I was like a blue angel just coming right down over the over the surface of the lake and just Strafe, strafing the gays. Just strafing them and they'd be like, What he do you see him? He's into he's into mucus. He wants to be a mucusy lady horse. But I'd be gone. <laughs> I'd be two blocks away. Even just completely like immune. Completely completely ignorant of what I had just done. Man, you're stirring a pot, my friend. We used to, um, I, I had, I think we had weird cable by the time I had cable. I think it was getting very mature as an industry. But my friend had the cable where you could get the scrambling. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really weird because there's also a weird, I don't know if this is a gay thing. I've never thought of it this way. But there is kind of a thing about like watching porn with your friends that in retrospect is kind of weird. That, mm. that It seems to me that that should be a, that should be, you should do that in your garret. Well, the thing about teenage boys and gayness <laughs> is that I think I think that the culture I wish that the culture when we were teens was more accepting of a little bit more gayness than it was than it than it allowed for. Like I think ki- like like, uh, like penis gayness or or, or, or like what, what kind of gayness? Well, I don't know. I feel like when I was about 13, 14, I, 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 there was, there was a window of gayness that I wish I had, I wish I had gone, I wish I had sat on the, the ledge of the, the window sill, of gayness. The sill of gay. I wish I had sat on the sill of gay a little bit with my feet dangling out a little bit longer than I did. <laughs> and it was, it was absolutely because like now, you know, I, I get the feeling that, that if you were a teenager and you are sitting around with your friends watching porn, and somebody says something kind of gay that you might be a little bit more accepting of it hmm. in in the in the in the in the full flush of that moment and at the time that i was a teenager you should, you you had, you had to maintain a rigorous a rigorous separation yeah you got to say disparaging things about the people yeah oh this is gross I, why are we even watching this yeah this or that's stupid. what now see that's that's what i would do but i think also you could talk about you know you could remark about how you like that lady's bosom, or you could remark about how that person's not as attractive as you would like. Mm-hmm. You could you could remark that the, that's not the kind of tool belt that a cable guy would actually wear. Mm-hmm. You could point well, out. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I knew that much about tool belts, but I was but always I, changing the subject. Moments like that, always changing the subject. But I look back. I look back at that time. I think I can think of a couple of a, a couple of specific episodes <laughs> where. There was where I was a thirteen-year-old, and there was another thirteen-year-old, and he he said something like after school we would be like playing stickball or whatever it is that kids do. I don't remember being a kid, but but we I, but so he would he would insult me in such a way that <clears throat> we would start wrestling. I would grab him, and then we'd be wrestling. <laughs> And you're 13, and it's like, what are you wrestling about? You're not really wrestling. Oh, I think I know what you mean. He, okay. he was taunting me, but he was taunting me because he wanted to wrestle. Mm-hmm. 
And then I was like, I'll get you. And then we're wrestling and it's kind of like we're we're all tangled up with each other in a kind of wrestly thing. And and you want to say and I and I look back at those and I'm like, "Oh, we were being we were we were experimenting. We were being gay with each other." And if we had just had a if we had a little bit more freedom in those moments, we would have been able to just be like just full on gay but it. but it's, it's it seems like it falls somewhere between um uh ballroom dancing and spitballs and obviously dancing is an opportunity to be very very close to a woman in a way that would hopefully not be very threatening to her you right. you know you both get to have this public thing well, if you think about dancing it's pretty crazy like close you to dancing. touch her you put your arm around her, her oh my gosh waist. i remember i remember just finding it so disorienting but like think about dancing like it's pretty intimate to dance mm-hmm. close oh, dance yeah. with somebody but then you got spitballs when you're a little bit younger you want to get a girl's attention you throw things at her <laughs> you know what right, I mean? right, right, right. and that becomes an acceptable uh, form of intercourse to, to, to throw things at a lady or you yeah, know, to then, dip her pigtails in your inkwell <laughs> precisely and then uh-huh. you get you get hit with the ruler or the hickory stick yeah with the hickory stick with the hickory stick that's probably there's probably you know what there's probably a handkerchief for that there's probably a hickory handkerchief <laughs> I, I i think i think that that my fear at the time uh was that if you went too far if you went too far like with your your if wrestling turned to frottage <laughs> and you went too far and you ex- and you exhibited like actual sexual interest in another boy even though that's clearly what he was doing even that's that's clearly what you were both doing but if you went too far you could never go back you would have it in your mind that you had done that you were a perv or that you were gay right you you, you it would flip a switch and once you had done it you could not you could never take it back, right? This was the pro. Or this was the idea that I think all it's like a homosexual Rubicon. Yeah, right. Exactly. All the all little boys carry this in their head that they that, that, that if, you, if you cross this line, then you're in trouble. And now, as a as a fully grown person, I realize, oh no, you can cross that line freely. It is not a Rubicon. It is not even really a guarded border. It's just a it's just a path. There's a lot of pressure, us. though, John. A lot of pressure. There is, there is. Well, even now, I mean, even now, there's a lot of pressure on guys to not be gay. Are you familiar with this term "down low"? Oh, absolutely. It's the, it's how African Americans get to suck each other's cock. Is it really true? Is is it a really a thing, or is it like an urban myth? No, it's absolutely a thing. So I, I don't. I mean, I heard about this a while back, and I don't know. But supposedly, it's a. You tell me. Well, you tell me. I think I heard it's a phenomenon where it's believed that. Amongst some men, I, I'm led to believe African American men that, like, if you're getting your dick sucked, you're not gay. Right. Absolutely. Is that correct? In fact, in fact, that's the source of by, by, by another man. By another man. Right. It's the source of one of the Long Winters' favorite memes from hmm. the early days, which was, <laughs> "I'm not gay. I just can't keep these faggots from sucking my cock." <laughs> that there was a there was. <laughs> There was a, I'm sorry. You know, you don't <laughs> quote comedy things, but there was a headline in The Onion that long time ago that I, every, every time I think of it, I still laugh, which is, why do all of these homosexuals keep sucking my cock? <laughs> I think it's, I think it's all probably like a Bill Hicks routine or these, something. All that, these, these fucking faggots that I meet in faggots. bathrooms constantly want to suck my cock. It seems like I can't go more than a couple hours standing in a bathroom for two hours until yeah. some fag comes up and wants to suck my cock. And I, I, I hate these guys. Yeah. Well, I think it's actually that, that kind of down low, uh, that that phrase is very much in the American black culture, but I think it's I think that attitude 
pervades in in Arab cultures. Like men are able to be physically affectionate with each right. other up uh, all the way up to and including sex with each other. And it's much more, it's much, it's thought of as a kind of fraternal bond and much less of an, of an aberration, you know? Um, and that's how they keep uh, peace in the streets. But I wonder how many African-American men that are, that are comfortable letting another man, uh, not gay, suck their cock would be comfortable like sitting around naked in a hot tub. It's not hmm. nearly as intimate, but, but it's much more gay seeming probably in that culture. Yeah, I don't know. You know, there are also a lot of. I mean, I, I think Downlow is a is a is. I looked it up on Wikipedia. It says it's it says absolutely here, a documented uh, okay part of the culture. It says here, Downlow is an African American slang term that refers to a subculture of men who usually identify as heterosexual but who have sex with men. Mm-hmm. That's the short description. They often avoid sharing this information with female sexual partners, which seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, I understand well, why you wouldn't want to share I, that, but you yeah, know. I mean, it seems like a good idea at the time. But you know, there's also the the uh, the sort of the understanding about uh, in African American culture that uh, that cunnilingus is kind of uh, frowned upon, and also the blacks can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> Are they scared of water? Did I did that did I did I just go ping pong? God damn it! You went super ping pong. You know you know who uh, who white also people be life- talking like this. <laughs> swimming <laughs> i keep thinking about your angry angry stand-up comic remark <laughs> what is the deal <laughs> that, that, but man talk about compartmentalization it you know it's and, and you know absolutely this goes straight back to your point though i guess that there shouldn't be just because you're having oral sex as a recipient I mean, that, you know, I guess in the top-bottom thing, that makes you like a, a topish person, right? You're the receiver of pleasure? Is that the idea? You're the one who's, who's running the show? You know, this is a, this, you, you bring up a very interesting question. I have never fully understood the blowjob politics of the, of the gays. Because mm. there's definitely like giver and taker of the, the, uh, the, the butt sex. It's not, it's not like doing dishes. They don't just, you know, do alternate, you know, take I turns. have to assume that that's true, but, but, but uh, see, this is the thing. Uh, in, in heterosexual sex for a thousand years, or at least, <laughs> at least when I was a, when I was a kid, the thousand years <laughs> for that at I was least a kid, 20, <laughs> for the thousand years that I've been on this planet, undying, never aging, like sex seemed like it was, yeah, it was just sort of like it happened in the uh, in the Handmaid's Tale. It happened through a hole in a sheet, uh, and uh, you never saw the other person, and you exchanged no kind words with them. It was strictly like a missionary position type of thing. But you introduce the you introduce an awareness of dominance and submission into it, right? If you're if you're unaware of dominance and submission, or at least like. If you are, if you're not upfront about it, you're having all this dominance and submission play, but you're, but you're, but you're not, you're not. It's not overt, right? But as soon as everybody knows that those are things that are in play in sex, like, are you dominant? Are you dominating me right now? Mm-hmm. Am I being submissive? Am I doing it for? Am I doing it for fun, or am I doing it because I'm really submissive? Like, do you and I have only have sex where you're dominant and I'm submissive, or do the roles change? Can we? In in one, are you talking about like strictly kinky sex or in like in like normal people? No, sex? that's the thing. Like it used to be kinky to even use the words dominant and submissive. 
But, but you're talking about you're talking about like young couples having having gleeful sex in a meadow, or even norm even normal like old vanilla, fat, vanilla people sex. Like me, okay, where, where it's like all right when when I was 21, I would never have used the word dominant or submissive. When it sounds a little gay. It sounds a little gay. It sounds well, or it sounds just a, yeah, a little transgressive little, at least, a little tweaky, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as you get older and you realize, like, right in every. In 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 every let's say you're having sex with somebody for 45 minutes, um, concurrently, 45 minutes from start to finish. But 45 contiguous minutes—that's not over a series of months. No, 45 minutes, but that could include wow. drinks and dinner and apologies and apologies afterwards. In my in my case, 45 minutes is just enough time because I like to take the panties off very slowly. <laughs> oh so God! It starts. The clock oh. starts running when I touch the panty, oh, and God. the panties hit the ankles oh. 45 minutes later. Jeez, 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 jeez. But in any case, you, the idea of like, okay, in this 45-minute period, we are you're going to dominate. You're going to be dominant for a little bit. I'm going to be dominant. We're going to flip back and forth. Ultimately, I'm going to be more dominant. I mean, these are ideas that... That I think you mean, int- you're doing dominant in the sense of like you decide what to do or you do it rough. Like what is what do you mean? If you're outside of if you're outside of like the community, you're talking about like normal people. But because I'm just guessing, a lot of ladies probably don't get to push around and say, "Hey, you know what? Take a walk downstairs." I think they do. You know, I think that's part of I think that's part of healthy sex, and mm-hmm. it's and uh, at the most at the most vanilla, it's just a question of like who's on top. Yeah, first base. Right, and then you go, and then as you get more and more serious about it, it's like, okay, now I'm, now I'm, I'm restraining you, right? Hmm. Now I'm actually kind of holding you down. Now I'm just kind of pretending to cut off your air for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and you think a lot of women do that to men? It's just for fun. Right, just women will just fun. do that to men for no reason. I'm going to choke you a little <laughs> until you take out the trash. <laughs> I, you know, no. I, I think there's two there's two two different shades of what you're talking about. And there could be way more, and I really would really rather not talk about any of this. But 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 there's 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 two. On the one hand, what you keep alluding to is is a kind of like you know a BDSM community kind of thing where you're like, that's right. I like to you know I like yeah, to dress right. like a cowboy or whatever, and that's like a sure. thing. I like to be a lady horse or a lady horse. But that you know, but here's the thing. I mean, there's a big difference between like we're gonna have a little play here. And we yep. both agreed what the script is versus I just like choking people or demanding yeah. or demanding that people fillet me or, you know, or whatever. There's a, that's a big difference. There's a big difference. And maybe that's your point, but yeah. you know, yeah. I think, I think, I think the point is that the, 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 those, the, the people that are like out there on the fringe mm-hmm. that has been, that has been introduced to mainstream American culture. And maybe it's because I live in the city and that I'm a rock musician and that I, um, that, you know, that, uh, that I get, I have the the pinky up the butt, oh, and I, and sometimes I wear. I'm never gonna uh, get this part of my so, life back. Sometimes I wear different colored handkerchiefs in my back pocket, oh, unaware of God. what it, it means, and then I follow people mm-hmm. based on the signals they give me. <sighs> but it seems like Dan Savage, for instance, his column has introduced these a lot of these words and a lot of these concepts into mainstream culture, so that you can no longer you can no longer say with a straight face that you don't know what a dirty Sanchez is where 25 years ago, nobody knew what a dirty Sanchez. Do you think a dirty Sanchez has ever happened? Happens all the time. I mean, like actually happens. 
Oh, a real dirty Sanchez? Well, I mean, yeah. I know the word happens all the time, but do you, do you think that actually happens? Do you? I think everything happens. Hmm. And, and, and part of it, and this is this is part of dealing with with uh, with kinky culture. Oh God! <laughs> From within kinky culture, can we get back people, to food? People feel like they are uh, like it's really a, a question of like their needs and their rights and their. You know what I mean? And from without kinky culture, it's very easy, and I do it too, to say, like, what happened to you that you can't enjoy normal sex? Why do you have to get poop on your face? <laughs> like, what happened? I don't think anybody, I don't think that many people outside of Germany actually enjoy that. Well, people enjoy a lot. Well, here's of the other problem, and I, I literally don't want to talk about this anymore, but the, <laughs> but the problem is that uh, being an asshole is not the same thing as being dominant. In fact, it's kind of the opposite of that. No, being an asshole is just being an asshole. It's just being an asshole. And I think that the problem is when you start introducing this kind of terminology, Dan Savage notwithstanding, I think, I think you're basically telling a lot of people that there's, there's a fancy uh, upscale uh, urban name for being a dick. Oh, no, 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 no. Being a dick is being a dick. and being, yeah. Unless be, that's part of your bit and you've worked it out ahead of time. Yeah, dominance and submission is a thing that people, well, it's just natural. Yeah, okay. You cannot have to, you cannot have, well... In everything in life, there is an there is always every interaction there is an unequal power thing, you know. And I think part of the part of the problem with our generation is that we were raised to think that any exercise any, any exercise of power over another person is undemocratic right. and bad, you know. Right, and it's not every exchange. They should get you a have, vote on like, whether they're being choked. Exactly. Well, it's not. It's, yeah, right. Right. I, do you, I mean. It is one thing to consent. It's another thing to, it's another thing to like reflexively require consent for everything you do. I feel like we are about two paragraphs away from just look at what she was wearing. <laughs> why do why do you have words like materiel and ordinance that are deliberately spelled wrong? Is that an army thing? Just to fuck yeah, with yeah, us? Yeah, it's French. Materiel yeah. is different from material, right? Because it is because it comes from. <laughs> When the French were the great war makers, I'm guessing they, that was a pretty long time ago. Uh, well, yeah, they were great war makers a long time but ago. They had good but technology, also, right? They had good. They were good at the like they, they made trebuchets and stuff, right? They did, but mm-hmm. also, uh, you know, in, in the United Kingdom, because the French were, because after the Norman Conquest, the French, uh, the 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 royal family in England spoke French for many years after. Uh, and there is a thing in English law where they actually, the lawyers and the courts in England continued to speak French all the way up, like, through the 18th century. So there are all these terms in, in English law that are, that are spoken in French still because of this, <laughs> because of, well, basically because of the Norman Conquest. <laughs> and, 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 and that's also true in war making and... The terms of art and politics and so forth. There was a, there's a, I, I never found the actual attribution for this. And you know what French means in sex, of course. Oh, um, <laughs> surrendering. <laughs> you, you I think that to, means, I think that means, get me off this. Um, I'm not going to get you off of anything, John. 
If we're going to have, listen, let me just explain one thing to you. Yes. I, I will cut this out if I have to, but I want to explain one thing to you. If we are going to be in business together, if we are going to cash out, if we are going to, if we are going to have an exit event on the cocky bucket, know, you want to know what the hanky in my back pocket symbolizes. You I cannot think of a mean. single thing in the world I want to know less than the color of your hanky. Is that that book on your res- making resumes? If we're going to do jizz bones or we're going to do bukkake bucket, we're going to have to work very closely. And yes. I want to ask the fucking ground rules. I don't want to talk about sex. I don't want to talk about power. I don't want to wrestle. I don't want to wrestle. Right. Okay. You don't want to talk about politics either. I don't want to talk about politics. I I will talk about Hitler or the Cold War. You're living in a stockade. You're like so you're like some some uh some army guy in the, uh, out in the It's Indian a stockade where I don't have to think about you having an orgasm. And that's a happy fucking stockade. <laughs> And now, uh, you got me all You know, I have an orgasm like a girl. Oh, God. You mean fake? No, 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 no. Long. Oh, God. (laughs) Four kinds of kids. Candy corn antenna. (laughs) Incidental boners. That's going to be a good title. Dancing and spitballs. Um, Wow. I I should have eaten. Um, Uh, But anyway, if we're going to work together. Here's part of the problem. Please continue. uh, Have you ever heard of BB Cafe? I'm sorry, BB Cafe? BB Cafe. B-I-B-I Cafe. No, no. Is that stripper? It is. This is something that I, I don't know if I I don't know if I should even mention this to you because you're gonna I'm gonna guess not. It's gonna change your life. Oh god. It is coffee. It's Italian. Yeah. It's coffee and fizzy water mm. together in a bottle. Isn't that like Christmas porn though? Like why would you fuck up two good things? No, 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 no. You got it. This stuff. It's coffee and fizzy water. Like mineral water? Or like seltzer soda like water? seltzer. Okay. And it's concentrated, and you pour, it in a, you pour it over ice, and you add a little cream. Oh, that sounds refreshing. And it turns into this fizzy coffee milkshake... Santorum? Super Santorum. Like, like foamy girl jizz. Oh, God. And it... No is incredible. Out. There's no way out. So in any, so I used to drink BB Cafe all the time, and I, for the BB life of me, I, I can't remember who introduced it to me. This is years and years ago. But anyway, they stopped importing it to the United States because it was too. It was like it was like I don't know why. It, it has to be because it's like heroin. Hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, a close friend found me a bottle of BB Cafe the other day and so instead of my regular coffee before our podcast mm-hmm. i have been drinking bb cafe today. you're 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 you sound uh, imbued today oh bb well, cafe it's it's in a bottle look at that <gasps> sparkling espresso drink mm-hmm. oh dear me this looks awfully good bb cafe it's a slightly effervescent premium italian espresso drink with hints of caramel and vanilla yes huh. it's it is bonkers, but you can't find it anymore. I used to buy it by the case, hmm. and now it's like it's this. The effervescence has actually turned into like you can't even find it or see it. But anyway, I got this one bottle of BB Cafe, and I'm just it's a the and the and the espresso. It gives you this kind of it, it, it almost gives you synesthesia. You can see see colors when people play notes, and Does, do you feel like off your nut though? Not at all. No, uh, it's very controlled. How, oh, clean! It's so clean. Yeah, I, it's so clean. It's so top shelf. Huh. There's no no jitters. 
BB Cafe. I think that from what I can tell, looking quickly, it looks like it might have been discontinued as a brand. I'll have to spend ah, some more time on this. Don't but tell me that. We have to. Well, I'll have to do some more research on this. We got a lot of long. We got a lot of long hours ahead of us if we're going to make this business happen. So we're going to need something to keep us on our game. If there's anything that in America, if there's any place in America you should be able to find BB Cafe, it is San Francisco, California. Yeah. We love we love weird drinks here. Yeah, do I know that? Get that Fernet Branca. We're the single largest um, consumer of uh, Fernet Branca, San Francisco, in, in North America. In North America, there's a there, there's a. I told Seattle your buddy has- that. I told your buddy about that. You're a noise pop buddy. That, yeah. You know they gave it away one year at noise pop, and within a year everybody was hooked. And yeah. it tastes like shit. That happened up here. For for years, Seattle had this tavern law where you could have taverns or bars. And a tavern, you could sell beer and wine, and you could have windows in the place. <laughs> uh, and you didn't have to sell food. But if you had a bar, you, you couldn't have windows, and you had to sell food. Wow, I love laws like that. Yeah, it's just like, what? Wow. So, so there were all these taverns... Um, because that was, you know, to have a bar was a was a big operation, but to have a tavern, you could just start selling beer and wine. And uh, the bar that I or the tavern that I used to drink at was called the the Comet Tavern. I think I might have even taken you there. Um, so they sold they sold all different kinds of beer, and they only had they they decided not to sell much wine, but they started selling port, um, Porto, port. Right. And you could you could get a you could get a little shot. Wait, so that's, of, that's a kind of like fortified strong wine. Yeah, <clears throat> you get a shot of port to kind of like help your beer buzz bloom. <laughs> um, and at a certain point, and and Porto is like a, is a is a European brand, and it's and it's you know it's thought of as it's maybe not a high class beverage, but it's certainly like a like a glass of port is something that you. It's something, something you have after dinner with a cigar, right? Exactly. It's something for discerning tastes. Well, anyway, the, the, the story is that, that this company in Portugal that makes Porto said, there's this bar in America that is selling more port, more of our port than anywhere else in the country. And we have to send a representative there to see what this incredible bar is that <laughs> Wow. You know, this amazing fern bar or whatever, they must be sitting around smoking cigars, drinking our beverage. We have to send somebody there and and, and thank them and give them a plaque or like whatever. thinking it's gonna be real fancy. Yeah, and this guy shows up and it's this fucking wino bar full of <laughs> full of grunge rockers who are just throwing back the porto and the the guy was horrified and ashamed and went running out of there. Did he come he came here from Portugal? Yeah, to give them some kind of like plaque, wow. and then he, then he realized as soon as he walked in that you know <clears throat> there was just a scrim of vomit on the floor. And it's one of those bars where the ceiling is covered with dollar bills. <laughs> People have written like "fuck you, Canton" and thrown it up the roof. Yeah, and everybody's like, Bleh. "This guy walked in. I'm here to give you the oh shit." <laughs> Oh God! It's nice. <laughs> Scrim of vomit, huh? <laughs> oh. It's the floor slick, but they do give you a free turkey dinner on Thanksgiving. God bless them. Really? At the it's, Comet Tavern, yeah they have a they have a big they have a big turkey. It sounds like there. something Richard Hugo would write about. It's very Richard Hugo, and in fact, it's actually right around the corner from the Richard Hugo House, which is where your band used to practice, right next to that, right? That's right. That's now, is there a real Kapausen? Real, there is a Kapausen Tavern. I've seen video of it. A who? Kapausen Tavern. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Isn't that the death of the Kapausen Tavern? It's one of my favorites. 
I know you're a fan. Uh, I am a fan. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get off of this. This is, this is, I want to come back to the four kinds of, this is, John, this has been awful. This has really I, been hard for me. I know, I know it has. It's I been, know it has. we've really, you really, you've, you've, um, <laughs> you've, you've, you've made me tweak or squick. I, or I think I, I squicked. You squicked a little bit? Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to go take a cold shower and scrub yourself with a loofah? Gonna have to really get in there with a hanky. Is there, is there a hanky for I don't want to talk to John about sex? <laughs> I don't know what's going. You know what's going on with me. I, uh, you know, I've been. Uh, it's a spring, I guess. It's spring. Yeah, you you're full of beans now. The, the the BB Cafe. We got we got to find out more about that. It's like the first time somebody gave me an Adderall. It was like, whoa, the scales yeah. fell from my eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I've never had an Adderall. Good for you. Stay away yeah. from that candy corn antenna. Incidental loners. Don Shackelford. What's Don Shackelford doing nowadays? You know. Well, interestingly, I got in touch with Don Shackelford recently. He's living in Alaska. Uh, ever since he retired, he got an earring. <laughs> which ear? I don't know. That symbolizes something too. I'm not sure which ear. I oh, it's I, huge. I, had, I got mine in the left. Got to get in the left ear. You know, I'm one of those people that never notices if someone's wearing a a, a wedding ring or what right. ear they're is pierced like all those symbols that people are all the flags that they're flying like i'm into this or you know for years guys would walk around with leather jackets with those cock rings hanging off of the epaulets and i had no idea what it was i thought it was like a plumbing supply i did not know that it was a cock ring and that that's what it's i don't know if i want a cock ring that's been used on outerwear that doesn't seem hygienic a little bit rough trade so how'd you find out shackleford got an earring I, oh, so he came down to Seattle. I oh. took him around one night. We oh, went. That's we lovely. Went, we went and hung out. I mean, he was a great. He was a great teacher. He was a. He was. A, he was definitely my favorite teacher in high school. And he ended up. He ended up being a, a good mentor. He was the one that. Um, he's the one that famously, like after he was the principal of the school, called me into his office right before graduation and sat me down, and put a put a stack of computer print out in front of me and said. This is the list of all the graduating seniors in order of grade point average. <laughs> I'd like you to find your name. I'd like yeah. you to sit here in front of me and find your name. And I started at the at the top, and I said, "Oh, I'm not first. <laughs> flip, flip, flip. I'm not flip. second. He was like, "Let me help you out." Flip to the to the last page. Last in my class. Mm. But Don was Don was a good. Uh, that was probably yeah. that was probably. Did you discuss the uh, the uh, Great Texas Dynamite chase at all? The uh, the the dynamite incident. With no, sorry, no, I'm sorry, not, not not the Visions movie. Did you discuss the dynamite oh. in the locker incident? Oh, Did you yeah, have a yeah. laugh? That, that a always laugh? comes up. That always comes up. He he's he is very because uh, <clears throat> I've now seen him a few times, uh, and he's very unapologetic. And he says, you know, straight up, you were an asshole. <laughs> and if I could bust you, if I could have busted you twice, I would have busted you twice. For bringing pipe bombs to school, have you come a, around to that point of view? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I believe that. I believe that he. Uh, that, uh, you know, it is a. I have said it before, but it is a miracle that I lived to adulthood for so many reasons. And there were not. There were actually surprisingly few people who stood in between me and me blowing myself up. But uh, but the few people that did, you know, probably probably saved my ass and don don was one of them um yeah you gotta you gotta be grateful for those at the time they feel like such a hindrance but, yeah you know there were a lot of other times when what saved my ass was just that i had not inserted the fuse properly <laughs> <laughs> and 
And the uh, the lighter I was using was something that I found on the ground, and it didn't have any fluid in it. Or whatever. So there's there some part of you that wants to go back and do it over. <clears throat> there was there's a big part of me that if I had it to do over, I would have definitely I would definitely blow myself up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there it is. 